Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, you made it. You made it through the first week of school. I think you should give yourselves a big hand today. All the parents, all the teachers. I mean, it was a week, wasn't it? Started out with a solar eclipse, ended up with a hurricane. I'm telling you, that's a week. And it's basically kind of typical for the first week of school. But you made it and you're here today. And I'm so thankful for that. And you know what? I know that this time of year, it is a busy time of year. I know as a parent now of teenagers, and then I have an almost two-year-old as well. I'm a little tired after this week. How many parents would agree with me on that today? And yet, this time of year presents a great opportunity. We've been talking to you about it the last several weeks, that during this time of year, people who would not go to church are so much more open to an invitation to church because people are thinking about it. It's the start of school. We got to get our lives back in order, get our schedules back in order. So people that hadn't been all summer, people hadn't been all year, people that hadn't even been in years, your family, your friends are open to that. And every Sunday is a good Sunday to invite someone to LifeGate. But man, there's something about this time of year. So here's what we want to do. We want to partner together with you to reach your friends and family and neighbors. And so we want to just kind of let you know where we're going next Sunday. Everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday, one of my favorite Sundays of the year, it's Fam Jam Sunday. And man, it's the Sunday when the teenagers and the kids and the next generation take over the service. It's a family style service. It's a perfect opportunity to invite someone that you know that has kids to come and join us next Sunday. Then Sunday night, next Sunday night, we'll be going out to Pirates Cove and just having a great time. We got you half price tickets, but you got to get them here at the Welcome Center. That's a great opportunity. The Sunday after that on the 17th is LifeGate's 11th. 11th birthday. Come on. I think that's pretty awesome. 11 years that uh, we've been here as a church. We're going to be celebrating with baptisms and with baby dedications. And I'm telling you, people will come to watch you get baptized. They will come to watch you dedicate your children and we will tell them about Jesus. And I believe their life will be changed. We've also got some Sunday fun day stuff, I think, uh, coming up after that. And then we got the why series that's coming. People that are thinking about all the why questions for about God and some of the questions that you might have. But even more than that, some of the questions that your friends that don't know the Lord or who are exploring things in the Lord are thinking about like, why did God answer somebody else's prayer and he didn't answer mine? Or why do other people feel God and I don't feel him? All those kind of why questions that that'll start in September. And I'm telling you, here's what I want you to do. You've got a couple of weeks, actually just one week till fam jam starts. You got a little bit of time to think about who can I invite to church to pray for them every day and then to invite them to one of these church services that are coming up over the next week and together we will see God change lives in our changing culture with the unchanging truth of the word of God. How many would partner with me on that? Come on. I can't do it without you, right? Like three of you say, I'll help you, pastor. I need about like 300 of you to say, hey, I'll help you, pastor. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's jump into today. We've been doing this series over this last several weeks uh, called Better. So everybody say better. 
better. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at this book of the Bible in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. We discovered that it was written by this guy named Solomon. Solomon was one of the richest men on the earth at that time. He was the king of Israel. I mean, he had everything. If anybody had the good life, it was Solomon. And yet what we're discovering in Ecclesiastes is that Solomon is questioning everything. He's looking at all this stuff that he has and he's saying, man, all this stuff is good, but there's got to be a better way. And the conclusion he comes to at the end of Ecclesiastes is basically this. All this stuff that I think is so good is really meaningless unless I have relationship with God. And that's really kind of been the bottom line. The key thought of this whole series is really just this, is that God's ways are better. In fact, why don't you say that with me today? God's ways are better. Come on, say it again. God's ways are better. And here's what we've done. We just picked out just a couple of verses through the book of Ecclesiastes that actually use the word better in them. And we studied a little bit. We talked about how together is better. We talked about how wisdom is better. Last week, a very challenging message, how we talked about sometimes less is better, that it's better to have less of the things that don't matter so that we can have more of the things that do. If you weren't here for that one, I'm telling you, a great one to go back and listen to the podcast. But today, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about something that, quite honestly, we're not very good at. In fact, I'll just be honest and say, this is something sometimes I'm not very good at, that I know many of you are not very good at what we're going to talk about today. Because here's the thing, for almost every single one of us, we're really good at starting stuff, but most of us aren't very good at finishing. Come on, how many would agree with me on that? Like, we get good intentions, we get excited, we come to a church service and get all pumped up about what we're going to do and what we're going to start, and then we start, and then it gets difficult, and then when it gets difficult, it's a whole lot easier to just quit, right? In fact, let's just have a little confession time today. Is it okay? Have a little confession time in church. I'm going to need you to help me by raising your hand. Help me out on this. How many of you at the beginning of 2017, you set some goals, some things that you wanted to complete and wanted to do in 2017? Come on, raise your hand all over the room. All kinds of New Year's resolutions in the place. Put them down. Now, how many of you, it's August, all right? How many of you in August now have things that you said you were going to do at the beginning of the year, but you have not completed them? Come on, raise your hand all over the room. Now put them down. One more confession. How many of you would say, I have things that I said I was going to do that I have not completed and I haven't just not completed. Like I just gave up altogether. Come on, raise your hand all over the room. Kind of reminds me of the guy who at the beginning of the year, he said, my goal is that by the end of this year, I'm going to be 20 pounds lighter than I was at the beginning. I only got 30 pounds to go. I'm doing good, you know. Right? And it's the truth. We're good at starting. We're not very good at finishing. Or how many of you would admit to me today that you have projects at your house that you have started but have not finished? Come on, raise your hand. I saw this on the internet. It just made me laugh. You guys put that picture up there. You guys want to order this on Amazon, this picture of this cup. I always finish my project, you know? <laughs> Some of y'all will get that like about five minutes from now. you just be laughing and I'll be wondering, why are you laughing, you know? And it's the truth, isn't it? Like we start with great intentions. Some of you, like in July, when we did the soap Bible study thing, you took the card home. You're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read my Bible every day in July. And you're on, you know, you're on like July 2nd's reading. You know what I'm saying? Because we're really good at starting, but sometimes we're not very good at at finishing. And, and, and here's the deal, is that, that the bottom line for this whole message is simply this. We all have unfinished business. 
don't we? Like all of us in our lives have stuff that we should finish, but we don't. In fact, this is what the scripture is talking about in Revelation 3 and verse 1. God says this. He says, I know your deeds and you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. He says, so wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds to be what? Everybody say this word, to be unfinished in the sight of God. God says, hey, I'm looking at you and I know your life and I know you're a good person and I know you have good intentions and I know you've started some stuff and I know you've done pretty well at some stuff, but I look at your life and I say, there's some stuff that you started, but you didn't finish. We all have it. We all have unfinished business. In fact, I think this is what Solomon was talking about in our passage for today. It's in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And verse number eight, why don't we read it together today? It's going to be on the screen on the count of three. One, two, three. Finishing is better than starting, and patience is better than pride. Finishing is better. Some of you look at your life and go, man, I know there's some stuff like I started. I had good intentions, but I hadn't finished. And I don't, I don't know what it is necessarily for you, but I've, I could make some guesses. Maybe some of you are here, and maybe it's a spiritual thing. Maybe you decided, man, at the beginning of the year, I want to read through the entire Bible this year. And you started out really strong, but then things got busy and the kids got busy and there was stuff going on at work. And then you had stuff going on in the marriage and you did a few days, maybe you did a few months, but then you're like, man, I just don't have time today. So you skip today and then you skip the next day and then you skip a week and then you skip a month and you started strong, but you haven't finished. Maybe there's some of you here today that maybe you even took the tithe challenge. You said, man, we're going to give to God that first 10%. And man, you did it the first month and it was awesome. And then the second month came and it was great. But then the car broke down or the air conditioner went out and you had bills that you weren't thinking about. And you thought, well, I'll skip this month and get back next month. But you didn't get back next month and you started really well, but you didn't finish well. Maybe there's some of you that are here today that maybe you even made a commitment at the beginning of the year. Man, we're going to be in church more regularly. In fact, I even challenged you. If you were, if you were here at the first of the year, I challenged you that most Christians nowadays twice a month is a regular attender for a Christian. And that's not the way that it should be. And so I told you, I said, hey, what if this year you decided, hey, I'll do like, there's 52 weeks. I'll do 46 Sundays. I'll be there. We'll give you six, you know, to be on vacation, be sick and whatever. And some of you, yeah, we're going to do that. I'm going to do that. And here we are in August and you've been here 16, not 46. Come on, you know what I'm saying? And you started off really well. Maybe it's something spiritual. Maybe for some of you, maybe it was something physical. Maybe you said, you know, hey, I'm going to get in shape and then things got busy or man, it was too hard and you just, man, the diet was too much and I can't do it. Or maybe it was something relationally and maybe you said, man, this year I'm going to be a better husband or a better father and we're going to have date nights, you know, every week and here you had one and then now we are in August and you've had three for the year, you know, or or whatever it might be. We're going to have family time or I'm going to be a better friend and and you made those commitments but somewhere along the way you faltered on the commitment maybe some of you it's a financial thing and you would say you know hey we wanted to get out of debt or we wanted to pay off the credit cards or we wanted to get on a budget but we never really finished what we started some of you it might even be might even be a ministry thing where God put it on your heart to to be a foster parent or to adopt a kid or to start a life group or to give the fire bible or to go on a missions trip or whatever it might be for you and you started with great intentions but then life got in the way and so many times we're great at starting stuff but not really good at finishing it. I don't know what it is for you. I know 
I've had it many times in my life as I was preparing for this message. I just started thinking about one of the times in my life when I wasn't very good at finishing. It started way back after I graduated high school. I knew that God had called me into ministry, and so I went. I went to a little Bible college called Southwestern Assembly of God University. Come on, go Lions, right? I mean, over in Waxahachie, Texas, you know. And, and I went there for a couple of years, and, and as I'm studying, you know, my, my biggest dream in my life was to move back to our hometown, to our home church, and be the youth pastor for the church that my dad pastored. He was my pastor all, all my life growing up, and so I'm going to college. And, and after about two years of being there at college, my dad calls me up one day, and he says, Son, I got a proposition for you. What would you think about coming back home and, and going to work for me full-time as a youth pastor? And i got to be honest, man, that was not a difficult decision. I was thinking, first of all, I don't really like school. Secondly, I want to be my dad's youth pastor. Thirdly, Amber, who was my girlfriend at the time, still lives in Midland. That's an easy no-brainer decision, you know. And so I said, yes, absolutely, I would love to do that. My dad says, well, I want you to come and come to work for me full-time, but there's one condition, and that one condition is this. You have to promise me you will finish school. Oh, no problem, Dad. Man, I got that, you know. I mean, no famous last words, right? Yeah, of course I'll finish school. So I moved back home and went to work for my dad. And sure enough, man, I loved being a youth pastor. The youth group started growing. The church started growing. My life got a little bit more busy. Amber and I got engaged. And then we got married. And I was doing online classes, but I hated it. And I wasn't very, I'm not very smart anyway, so I wasn't very good at it. And I was already a youth pastor, so why do I need to have a degree in ministry? I'm already doing what I want to do. Come on, right? All the excuses that start to come and I'm paying all this money and I just forget school and I quit school. I only had about 30 hours left to finish school and I quit. Oh, I'll go back later. But you know what? You know what happened? A couple years go by. Not only do we get married, then we have a couple kids. Come on, right? You know how life goes. Then after that, we become not just the youth pastors. Now we're the lead pastors of the church and the church is growing and life gets busier and the kids start growing up. And then God speaks to us about moving to a little town over here called Burleson and planting a church. And so we uproot our family and move to Burleson to start a church. And that's a lot of work. And then the church starts growing and then we get a building and then we go to two services. And then I got kids that are becoming preteens. Come on, right? And years go by and now we're in a building program and we're trying to finish the building program and I got these kids and I got these responsibilities and all these people and all this stuff and one day I come in to pray and God begins to speak to my heart and he says you remember that promise you made to your dad it's time to finish it God I don't want to finish it I don't like school, you know, and don't you know, I mean, what, there, there could have been a better time to go to school, you know, do that, do that when I didn't have a building project, do that when I didn't have all these people looking to me, I didn't have this staff to lead, I didn't have these kids that are growing up to run around and do all of this, all this kind of stuff, and besides that, man, it's about three times more expensive now than it was back then, and that's a lesson for you. Let me just tell you something. The longer you wait to finish something, the more distractions you're going to have, the harder it's going to be, and the more it's going to cost. Come on, right? God spoke to my heart. I said, all right, I'll do what you asked me to do, and in the middle of all that stuff that I had going on, 30 hours left to finish, but I got online. I found out what it would take to finish. I remember you had to go for like this one day orientation, and here I am, this 36, 37-year-old man, all these 18, 19-year-olds that are there starting school, and yet I finished. 
And it made a difference. Oh, I'm telling you, it didn't really make a difference that you would think it would make. I didn't get a raise because I suddenly I'm educated, you know. I didn't, the church didn't just start growing faster because suddenly I have a degree. All I got was a piece of paper to stick on the wall. But you know what? I was able to say I made a promise and I stuck to it and I finished it. Just like Ecclesiastes says, finishing is better than starting. And there are some of you that are here today. And even as I'm speaking, God is dealing with your heart and he's talking to you about areas of your life where you you started strong. You had good intentions, but somewhere along the way, you stopped. And I'm telling you, finishing is better. And I know some of you are saying, well, that's good for you, Pastor. Whoop-de-doo. You finished school. Way to go, you know. But what about me? How do I finish strong? Well, I want to talk about it for just a minute. I just want to give you three things, three tips for being a finisher, because finishing is always better than starting. If you're taking notes, you might want to write them down today. The first one is this. If you're going to be a finisher, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to make a commitment. Everybody say, make a commitment. I'm telling you what, this is a word today that so many people don't like, because we don't like to make commitments, do we? We don't like to be committed to anything, because here's what we like to do. We like to keep our options open. Like, what if something comes up? I don't want to be committed to something because if something comes up, I might want to change my mind. And it's not, it's not something that's popular in this world that we live in today. But let me just tell you something. Commitment is, is what it takes in order to be a finisher. And here's the thing, man. If you don't get anything else, get this. Commitment is more than an emotional thing. For so many of us, here's the deal, is that we get in the, in the heat of the moment, in the emotion of the moment, even right now as I'm speaking, you're feeling the emotion, you're feeling the energy of the room, and you're getting excited, and you're going, oh, yeah, I need to finish that. And you're getting excited about starting something. But let me tell you something. Anyone can get excited about starting something and get that emotional thing. But here's what commitment is. In fact, if you're taking notes, you want to you write this down today. Commitment is doing what I said I would do even after the emotions of the moment I set it in are gone. Boom. Tweet that right there. Come on. Wisdom bomb right there. Hashtag good preaching. Because here's the deal is that so many of us, man, it's, it's easy to get emotional about a moment and say, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm excited. But we're not committed. We're just eager, right? And eagerness is, hey, I'm excited about this and I have good intentions. But commitment is more than just an eagerness. It's more than just an intention. It's more than just an emotion. Commitment is doing what I said I would do even after the emotion of the moment is gone. In fact, this is what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 11. Look what he says that we should do now. Everybody say these words. Now, finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may also be matched by your completion of it. Man, Paul says a lot right there. Paul basically says, hey, the emotion of the moment, that's good. Starting something, that's good. But there's something that is better than just the emotion. There is something that is better than just the eagerness to get started. And what is better? Finishing is better than just being eager to get started. And so many of us in our lives, the reason we don't finish is because we get excited in the moment, but when the moment wears off and the emotion emotions wear off. We have not made a commitment. Reminds me of this story I heard happened in the 1500s. In fact, in 1519, a Spanish explorer named Hernando Cortez left Spain 
And their, their whole reason for leaving was to go and find a new land. They wanted to find, they wanted to find new places, new territory. They were, looking for, they were looking for riches and gold. In fact, some even think that they were looking for the, what they call the fountain of youth. And so they left Spain with these great emotions and these great intentions, this great excitement in their heart to find something, to discover something that no one had ever discovered. And they sailed across the ocean until they landed on, they landed on the, the North American continent and as they landed, as they, as they got onto shore, suddenly the emotions started to wear off just a little bit because it wasn't as easy as they thought it was going to be. They were met with harsh conditions. They were met with, with difficult lands. Not only that, but they were met with, with, some, with some brutal people that lived there that, that, wanted to, that wanted to kill them. And so after a while, man, with these harsh, con, harsh conditions and these natives that lived in the land that were trying to kill them, a few, of the, a few of the explorers got together, a few of the crew got together and started saying, man, we don't want to stay here anymore. This is not as easy as we thought it would be. We thought we'd come here and find some gold and find eternal life. And we came here and we found people trying to kill us. We don't like this very good. We're going to get on the ship and we're going to go back. And Cortez got word of what the crew was saying. And he gave this one simple order. Take a torch and burn the ships. You talk about commitment. Some of you are here today, and you know what you'd like to do? You like to keep your options open. Man, I, I want to finish, but I also want to keep my options open so that if it gets hard and I don't feel like it, then I can quit. And I'm telling you, the only way you're going to be a finisher is if you burn the ships. If you decide, I'm going to get rid of every excuse, I'm going to get rid of every option, and I'm going to commit myself to finishing the task. Kind of reminds me of our Savior, Jesus. Man, he had a task to complete. It wasn't an easy task at all. In fact, he struggled with this very same issue of commitment as he, as he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing what was going to happen in just a few short hours, that they were going to take him and beat him within, within inches of his life. They were going to hang him to a cross. He was, going to, he was going to die the most agonizing death. And not only that, but all of the sins of the world, past, present, and future, were going to be heaped upon him. And he experienced the, the emotion of saying, I don't know if I want to go through with it. I don't know if I can follow through. In fact, the scripture tells us that as he began to pray, he was struggling so much with this commitment to follow through that the Bible says his sweat became great drops of blood as he agonized and he said, God, if there's any other way, don't make me go through with it. Don't make me have to finish it. But then there was a moment, a moment of truth, a moment of commitment when Jesus finally gave up his own will and he said, I don't want to go through it, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done in my life. I know it's going to be hard but I've got to finish the task that you have given me to finish here on this earth. And there are some of you that are here today that that's the struggle. You're going, man, I know finishing in this area is going to be difficult and you're agonizing and you've got to come to a place where you make the commitment, not what I want, but what God wants for me. And we know that Jesus was a finisher. In fact, some of the last words that he spoke as he hung upon that cross were those famous words, it is finished. Finishing is better than starting. If you're going to be a finisher, you're going to have to make a commitment. Number two, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to make it public. Everybody say, make it public. I'm telling you, you're never going to finish your commitments until you tell somebody. Make it, make it public. In fact, I'll just be honest. Confession time for me here today as a pastor and in my life, there are things in my life that I would have never finished if I never told anybody about it. 
really. I mean, this church probably wouldn't be here. I know that I, I agonized over leaving our church in Midland and moving here uh, to plant this church for months. I knew God was calling this, but I agonized over it for months before I ever told anybody about it. You know why I didn't tell anybody? Because I knew as soon as I told somebody, then I would actually have to do something. And then when I decided to tell somebody, you know who the first person I told was? Of course, my wife, because I knew that, you know, I could tell her. And then if I didn't do it, she'd probably forgive me, but I couldn't tell anybody else, right? But I'll never forget standing before our church and, and announcing what God had called us to do. It was like there was a finality to it. It meant I had to follow through. There's been other times in my life as well. I remember a few years ago, man, I wanted to to begin working out, getting in shape, doing a little bit better physically. And we've all seen that, you know, on the late night commercials, the P90X thing and whatever. And I had in my heart thought, I need to, I'd really like to do that. But I didn't, I mean, it was weeks before I told anybody. And then finally there's this lady that went to our church who she sold that stuff. And so I kind of made the mistake of telling her. And then she got it for me, didn't make me pay for it. It was like, here, you're starting on January 2nd, you know. And so I'm like, I can't do this on my own. So I invited a buddy. And I'm telling you, I would have not finished it if it wasn't for Charlene and my buddy Kip that I knew he's going to be there every morning and we were going to do it together, right? And here's the deal. For many of you that are here today, the only thing that's going to make the difference between finishing and starting, the only way you're going to keep your commitment is if you tell somebody. Because here's the thing. You might want to write this down if you're taking notes. It is not a commitment until you are accountable. It's not a commitment until you're accountable. And here's what some of you are going through right now. In your mind, you're going, man, I know I need to finish that. I know I started that, and I didn't finish. Okay, if we leave today, I'm going to work on it just a little bit. I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I'll just, I'll just start working towards it. And what you're doing is you're keeping your options open. You're thinking, well, I'll work on it for a week or two, and then if I don't feel it, don't like it, it'll be okay because I didn't tell anybody. I'm not going to tell my wife. I'm not going to tell my friends. I'm certainly not going to tell my life group leader or my pastor because then if I tell them that I might have to do it, and I'm telling you the only way you're going to follow through is if you make it public. The words that you speak, here's the deal, guys, and it's not just about being accountable. Here's the thing. The words that you speak are powerful. In fact, I'm not one of those name it, claim it, you know, blab it, grab it kind of guys, you know, just say I'm going to get, you know, a Rolex and God's just going to give you a Rolex. I don't believe that, but I do believe this, that your words are powerful, that your words have the power to create your world. If you want to change your world, you know you need to change, change your words, In fact, you see that in the beginning in Genesis when God created the heavens and the earth. How did he create it? He created by speaking a word. He spoke it into existence. And you know what Genesis tells us? That we were created in the same image as God. So if God's words are that powerful to create this world we live in, guess what, guys? Our words are powerful to create the world that we live in. And so there's something powerful about saying out loud what you're going to do. Not only does it hold you accountable, it also builds your faith. The more you say it, the more you start to believe it. When you tell your wife, when you tell your life group leader, when you tell your pastor, when you make it public to the world, guess what? They can hold you accountable. But the more you say it, the more you believe it in your hearts. And I remember when we first started the church, I would, times I would get discouraged. And you know when I got discouraged, you know what I would try to do? I'd try to find someone to tell the story of how God had called us and what would happen when I'd tell the story out loud. It would encourage them. But you know what? It encouraged me even more than it did them. Here's what you got to do. You got to make a commitment. Everybody say, make a commitment. Number two, you got to make it public. Everybody say, make it public. Number three, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take the next step. So many times, here's what happens. We get overwhelmed by the distance between where we are and where we need to be. 
And that's what trips us up. We don't, we don't keep going because we look how far we have to go. And i got to tell you, let me just encourage you here today. Whatever it is that you need to finish, you're not going to finish it in one giant leap. Here's how you're going to finish it. One step at a time. It's like the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Some of you are here today and you've got a big giant elephant in your room. You've got this thing that, man, I know I need to finish it. God is speaking to your heart right now, but you're overwhelmed by the fact that, man, I'm so far away from ever finishing that thing. And you get overwhelmed by the enormity of the task. And let me just tell you something. It's not going to happen in a day or two days or three days or a week, maybe even a year. But here's how it's going to happen day by day, step by step. How did I finish school when I had all that stuff going on in my life? Here's how I finished it. One class at a time. I only had 30 hours. It took me three years to do it. Literally one class at a time. And I'm telling you, some of you are here today and you're going, man, I got to be finished by the end of the year. No, just finish. Just take the next step. Do it one step at a time. I don't know what it might be for you. Some of you, this next step just might be, hey, I need to make a commitment today. Some of you, it might be, I need to renew my commitment today. Some of you may be, I need to tell somebody about it. Some of you, hey, I just need to get back on the treadmill. Some of you say, hey, I just need to pick up a soap guide and start studying the word again. Maybe I need to make have a meeting with Pastor Amber about how we can start a life group or I need to get in life track so I can figure out what God's called me to do. I need to get online and find out what it's going to take to go back to school. I need to sit down and make a budget. I need to find out about fostering or adopting or whatever, but just take the next step. And then after you take that step, you know what you do? Take the next step. And then after you take that step, you know what you do? You take the next step and eventually you look up and you're at the finish line. In fact, it reminds me of the story 1968, the Mexico City Olympics, a man named John Stephen Aquari, man from Tanzania. He set out with his hopes to win the Olympic gold in the 26.2-mile marathon race, but sadly for him along the way, right about midway through the race, he had a horrible accident. He fell to the ground, gashed his knee open, dislocating the joint in his knee, certainly keeping him from finishing the race. All the other runners left him behind, and eventually they entered into the giant stadium with the huge crowd for the final lap. About an hour after all the runners had already completed the race, John shocked the world. With the stands mostly empty, he hobbled into the stadium, limping, fighting his way to, his, to the finish line, legs wrapped in a towel, blush, blood gushing down. This very brave hero finished the race that virtually everyone else would have quit. After the race was over, the interviewer came to interview the man who had accomplished this incredible feat, and they said, why did you finish the race? It would have been so easy to just quit. You would have had every excuse in the world. Everybody else would have quit. Why did you, why did you finish? And this was John's response. He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start a race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. Let me tell you something, guys. God didn't send you on this earth to start a race. Hey, starting's easy. That's the easy part. He sent you to this earth to finish the task which he has placed in your life to finish. It's like what the Apostle Paul said. He says, I consider my life worth 
nothing to me except that I would finish the race, the task that God has given me to finish. And guess what? We know Paul did finish the race because he wrote one of the last things that he wrote. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And now there is a crown of righteousness that is waiting for me. And I'm telling you here today, God sent you to this place not to just start something. He sent you to this earth to finish the task which he has called you to finish. And it won't be easy. It will be a fight, but your life is worth nothing if you don't finish the race, the task that God has given you so that one day you can cross that finish line and you can receive the crown of righteousness that God wants to give you so that one day you can stand before your Savior and hear him say those famous words, well done, good and faithful servants. Man, I was meditating on that passage last night as I, was, I went for a walk in the neighborhood and I was praying and praying over this service and praying over you. I began to meditate on that line. I've said it so many times, well done, good and faithful servant, but I never thought of it in this way. Notice what it says. It says, well what? Well done. It doesn't say well started. It doesn't say well intentioned. It says, well done. You finish. You did what I asked you to do. You have been faithful. It wasn't wasn't easy. There were times when you could have given up and quit. There were times when maybe you dropped out for a while, but you got back up and you finished the race because God didn't send you to this earth. If you are on this earth today, God still has stuff for you. You have unfinished business and God didn't send you here to just kind of barely make it. No, he sent you here to finish the task which he has called you to finish because finishing is 